a way to kill the mood <laughs> on this beautiful fall Friday. On this beautiful fall Friday. Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. God damn it. <laughs> Raymond. Yes. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Raymond? Besides me officially being a Swifty, uh, it was pretty good. Don't you ever utter that sentence ever again. Ever. Geek Blurb officially supports Taylor Swift. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, so, my Thanksgiving was good. Thanks for asking, Dick. Well, that's where we're starting off, yes. How was your Thanksgiving, Kevin? Yes. It was very... Although... I saw a crime that I feel I need to report. Okay. But I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell it here. Okay. My aunt, she makes this beautiful spread for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I saw pictures. Food's always great. Food's always great. She's a great cook. My cousin Julie helps. And then I see the amount of food that my aunt eats. And it's a it's the crime. She eats little amount of food after she's been cooking for basically three days. And Dude. she eats like a bird. It was very, very sad. Dude, Granted, it is one of those things. I, I ate about 30 wontons that her <laughs> sister-in-law brought. Um, her sister-in-law makes um, like chicken and pork wontons and pork and shrimp wontons. And um, she's in, um, and she does all parties and stuff. And she, her, her cooking is also fantastic. And I just sat down and I had to like just remove myself from the plate of wontons that was just sitting in front of me. They were so fucking fire. When you, when you, so that was my huge, favorite thing I ate. When you make a huge meal like that, especially if you're doing it all day long, by the time you're done, yeah, sometimes oh, you yeah. don't want to eat a fucking thing. I, mm-hmm. I did, I did the whole meal myself this year too, and it was, I was starving because I had starved myself to do this, but I ended up having a gigantic plate at the end of it all. But it was, it, I've done meals completely, complete meals where I've done the same exact thing where I. Either haven't been hungry, didn't eat any of it, ate a couple bites of it. It's just one of those things like you just overwork yourself for a, for a small little meal. It's worth it's worth ten minutes of time, and then it's it takes you eight hours to make, five hours to make. But yep, yeah, Thanksgiving traditions. It's it's a family thing. Brought down, you always learn new recipes throughout the years. You, I mean, you're you're with family. You were with family. Um, yeah, I, I was with my family growing up too. I went to my dad's a lot. Most of the times for Thanksgiving and um, and I, and throughout the years I, I've come up with my own recipes for pies and and how to make the turkey and what kind of turkey to get. Um, I don't put the tra- traditional stuffing in my turkey. I put apple slices in there. It makes it moist. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, Thanksgiving is we kind of mentioned it on here. It's one of those holidays where you eat it once a year. You don't really get turkey most other holidays throughout the year. I do ham. Um, I know you do other things you do uh, for other holidays. Yeah, we do well. like a roast on Christmas, ham roast. for Easter. Yeah, um, yeah. I love. But I love. I tell uh, you, man. I love those the tradition that my cousin has, where they make their aunt Rebecca cook fucking wontons every time they have people yeah, over because awesome. it's great. Yeah, family <laughs> um, tradition. So, what, what was awesome. your favorite thing? What's your favorite? Th- what was your favorite thing that you had uh, this year? Or ever? I mean, I mean, most years. Yeah. What was your favorite whole... thing you ate yesterday? My favorite thing that I made yesterday was the turkey. For some, I for, for I don't like what's when if you had to have a turkey, white or dark. Always dark. So it's always white for me, and you have to get a butter ball because it's the only way you get a get a moist turkey um, that you don't choke on. For and cook it if it says three to two, three hours to three and a half or three fifteen, cook it the lowest amount. Just make sure it's cooked. Put a thermometer in there. And it was, it was great, very buttery, very juicy, um, and uh, that was my favorite thing. Between that and the gravy and all this, it's just the whole entire meal yeah. itself combined together is what makes Thanksgiving. You literally um, throw stuff on your plate and top it with gravy. And <laughs> that's exactly what I did, and and I made yep. three. I made three pies, and this year I made an apple, um, which didn't come out that good. I have a pretty good apple recipe that I came up with myself. Um, I made a. Lemon meringue didn't come out good. I did it for the can because I didn't feel like making the lemon filling. But my go-to pie that I learned to make probably a decade ago was a key lime pie. Um, I make the crust. I make the filling. I make the whipped cream. 
And that was the best part of Thanksgiving yesterday, by far. Nice. I've had two or three slices since. Um, but yeah, those are more traditions that my ex and I came up with over the last 16 years. Um, and I've kind of still kept going. Um, my dad and my dad's traditions, I don't really do too much of them. I don't like giblets, giblets in my gravy, so I don't do that. I do mm. just a simple gravy with the juices and the, you know, how you do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it was an okay Thanksgiving. And, um, looking forward to now that Thanksgiving is over, we're on the countdown to Christmas 2023. Yes. And before we get into that, we're going to talk about a, since it's the last week of the month, we're going to talk about a retro earworm. Retro earworm theater. This is a more recent retro. This is not more, this is more <laughs> the last decade, but it was on my feed this week, so I have to play it. And it's going to be in your head for the rest of the day rest of the week hopefully because it's been in my head all week but a decade ago a viral video went online of a pastor talking about thanksgiving food and a like the internet does a youtube youtube slash uh, dj went out and remixed her talking about all these foods and made this pastor thanksgiving song that went viral about maybe eight or eight or nine years ago so Today's Retro Earworm is from about 2015, 2014, I think. And here we go. The liquor here! Look! Look! I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbit. You Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, raw, raw. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, raw, raw. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbit. You Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Beans, creams, beans, creams. It's been in my head since about three days ago. <laughs> so yeah, I play that. that. Like a, a prof. Sound like a prof song. You've never listened to prof, but it sounds no. like. Something he would make, <laughs> but I love when DJs do that, especially nowadays. Things go yeah. viral. One of my favorite ones. Do you remember the one where the guy was talking about we got a we got a something in Lincoln Park, climbing in your windows and oh yeah, yep, that's, yep. that was great. That was that was like a decade ago too. Um, so we're gonna continue our talk. This is our last week, right? Continue our talk of USC. Yep, Chael Sonnen. Um, yep. So let's uh, let's do another Teach Ray Sports. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. We need a theme for Teach Ray Sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley Show. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. So Kevin. We're, we've talked a lot about UFC. Yes, we talked sir. about the uh, introduction of UFC. We talked about Chael. Yep. We talked. A, we talked a little bit about the history with everybody. Um, and I don't know what's on the docket today, but I'm hoping it's a uh, familiar face from our uh, from our Irish uh, legend named uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, no, we have another. Damn it. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. We'll get to it eventually. We'll do Connor at some point. We'll do Connor at some point. Don't worry. Connor, I got to prepare. Has, just such a yeah. busy week with Thanksgiving and everything. So Connor, it's just way too busy so, of a week for me to do that. Connor has so much that you have to cut from him and, and to do research yep. for because there's so much to happen there's, with Connor um, in a small amount of time. There is a rumor that he might be uh, headlining UFC 300 in July. That's what I thought. So once we get closer to that, we'll... We'll figure that out. We'll come um, back to whether this, he's yeah. headlining or if he's just on the card. Yes, um, nice. but I've been saving the the infamous Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva feud for this week. Okay, um, I've talked a little bit of, about Anderson. 
um, in regards to chill, of course, because you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Um, and basically, Anderson Silva ran the UFC's middleweight division for like seven years. Um, incredibly skilled fighter, very accurate, but he would do this this shit in the ring where he was just like he didn't take his opponents seriously, so he just kind of like dance around sometimes. And in Abu Dhabi at UFC 112 um, is when he picked off Dana White, um, where he basically just ran around the ring and danced. He hid behind the referee at one point, um, all this stuff. And Dana White was so mad, he he was pissed. Um, he refused to put the belt on Anderson afterwards, which he had never done before or since. Hmm. He always, always is there to put the championship belt around the champion. He just threw it as manager and said, put this on him and left during like the fourth round um, against the in the Damian Maya fight. So Chell at this point had only come back for one fight because the UFC left and then came back. And he basically called Dana and he said, if you want somebody to engage this guy, I'm going to engage him. I'm not going to let him rest and I will not let him just fuck around like this. That's where they started their feud. Chell, of course, had some fucking crazy shit um, The original clip I had when I started editing it down this morning was like 11 minutes long, and I got it to like just over two minutes. Because um, there was a lot of crazy shit that Chell would say. But I kind of left in some of my, my funnier things I found most fun. But, um, but yeah, they had their two fights. Uh, the first one's the one where Chael got wrapped up in the triangle choke with 30 seconds left, and he would have walked away with the belt if that didn't happen. Um, and then the second one happened about two years later, and Chael, for reason, went for a move he's never done before, and I haven't seen him try since, a spinning back fist. Anderson just ducked it and then kneed him in the face. I get called the chest. It kind of looks like it was the face. If it was the face, he should have been disqualified. But uh, ended up winning the title again, and then they went their separate ways on to different feuds and whatnot. But for a solid two years, this was all anyone could ever talk about uh, when it pertains to the UFC. Um, it was the first fight was pretty legendary for the fact that Anderson had never even like been in trouble before, and Chael did exactly what he said he would do. He knew Anderson was going to come out with a kick. He came out with a kick, and Chael put him on the ground for essentially the entire fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that feud was special, and it's always going to, like, be one of my favorites. I go back and watch the fights every now and then uh, from time to time. I mean, they hurt. It's like watching the Patriots lose in 07 because I was such a Chael fan. Um, either time I watch any of those fights, especially the second one because that one was built up way more. So that's almost like when the Patriots lost their second Super Bowl to the Giants in 2011. Um, both times just heart-wrenching for me as a fan of him. Um, so, yeah, why don't you get on and play it? Yeah. This is Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva. The guy's delusional. The guy has mental problems. I will slap his manager as quick as I will slap his wife on the ass if she doesn't make me a steak medium rare. Just the way I like it. Why are you asking questions in English? Anderson sits here like he doesn't understand you. Ed Soros interprets, and we got to hear it a second time. First off, he speaks English, and second, we could replace Ed Soros with an app I could download for $9.99. What kind of bizarro world are we in here? This is the strangest thing I've been part of. You know, people ask me if I wanted to go to Brazil for the fight. Sure, it'd be neutral territory. Anderson lives in a mansion in Beverly Hills. Las Vegas, Nevada is closer to him than it is to Westland, Oregon. He's got home corn advantage. What are we even doing here, guys? This is insanity. He sits over and pretends he doesn't speak English. Come on. Like pretending you're the world champion. I can't believe guy walks around with a fake belt. That's insane. I would never do that. Oh, boo. Oh, he went too far with the fake belt. I don't talk nothing. I broke my hips. I finished the fight. That's it. When Anderson talks about his ribs, here's the deal. His ribs have the same problem that his hands and his feet have. They're attached to a cowardly charlatan. You know, I've, I've had it. He's a fraud. It's kind of like he gets in the ring and he likes to bow. He doesn't come from a bowing culture. If you bow in Brazil, they'll hit you over your head and take your wallet and walk off laughing. I'm a country boy. I believe in hard work. I believe in waking up early and contributing to your society. This is a grown man with earrings, crooked hats, and pink shirts. I don't have any room for this guy. You know, if you're going to be champion, behave like it. Nosso trabalho, e a gente está aqui para fazer nosso trabalho, nada mais além disso. 
ele foi muito bem, mostrou que veio preparado e lutou muito bem. What he said was, I'd like to do the reality show with Chael. I'll work on my English. We will carry the ratings and we will do a rematch. <laughs> and his is better than yours. <laughs> There's also a, uh, one I had to cut out at the last minute um, where he's talking about the translation again. And he goes, I don't understand. He goes, Picking up Portuguese is a step harder than picking up pig Latin. <laughs> but yes, so was, he. Uh, <clears throat> what was the end gone. of Chael's uh, of UFC career? Like, what was his last match? When did he? When did he kind of retire from the UFC? He retired from the UFC because he got popped for steroids. Okay. And he took two years off for going to Bellator. Um, okay. His last fight was lost to Rashad Evans. I want to say. Okay. Which was about four years after his loss to Anderson the second time. And when was that? How long? How long has he been out of fighting? He he left UFC in 2015, and he went to Bellator in 2017. Okay. And fought four time, five times, and then retired for good. Okay. okay. So he's all done now, doing commentary, doing other stuff. Uh, yep. Twitter, and he has a podcast. You said. Yep. So. Still yep. around. I know at one point there were rumors that he would go to uh, WWE. Was that? Were there any? Uh, were those rumors. Oh yeah. Do um, you want to do that? So, going into the second fight with Anderson, he said this on Ariel Hawani's show, probably in 2018 or 19. Um, he was called by somebody. He won't reveal the name. But he said somebody in the higher ups, and they said, if you come out with the belt, uh, it's a five million dollar payday. If you lose and show up to Raw, it's a million-dollar payday. But he wasn't going to disrespect Dana White, his employer, by doing that. Um, so he just okay. turned it down. Okay, because I knew there were rumors back in the day, just because of the way he talks. He's a good talker. Everybody oh, yeah. at wrestling and, um, is always looking I, for that. I do have that second clip, um, which you will play before the show. Yep. Um, and that's kind of like a WWE-style promo he cut after one of his fights, and it's fantastic. Cool. Cool. So yeah, that's our that's our talk. A couple of weeks of uh, Chael, and we'll get into Connor later when we find out more about UFC yep. 300. I remember I mentioned and that a couple of weeks perhaps, ago. Perhaps I don't know what's going to happen, but that Sean Strickland guy I've been sending you like random shit from. Mm -hmm. That guy's just wild. Um, he's supposed to fight in January, so if he comes up with some good stuff, maybe I'll clip it or something. I don't know. But that okay. guy is also wild. I know that other kid. I don't know if he's a good fighter or not, but I know he caught my radar. Uh, Patty. I don't know what the hell his name Patty, is. Patty. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he's one of Conor McGregor's guys. Okay, he's he sounds, pretty. He sounds he's a lot good. like him. He sounds a lot like him. Yeah. Um. He's a he's, he's a uh, he's an Irish guy, correct? So yeah, he's he's uh, yep. very very talkative. I know I've seen a few things of him as well. But um, so let's get into what we watched this week. Not a lot. I had a busy week. I'm gonna have a busy couple of weeks coming yep. up. Um, we do have some Christmas stuff. We'll get into that at the end of the show. Um, let's start off with what you've been watching pretty much nonstop since the uh, last episode. You've been continuing oh, your small you know, will, your small bill watch. Yes. Well, when Hulu tells you you have like 200 episodes of unwatched TV, you just got to keep going, right? Just yep. got to plow through. Just got to keep going. Uh, yeah, I'm on the finale of season three. Yep. Um, the show's really good and really bad times. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the good far away is the bad. Um, yes. And the bad isn't even like its fault. It's the show is done 15 years too soon. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just the CGI wasn't there. The budgets for CW wasn't there. Like if this was done around the same time as uh, the Flash show, it, I mean, it already is considered by a lot of the comic community to be like an all-time show, obviously. Yeah. But it would be even more of an all-time show. Considering the consistency from what I hear lasts for the most part throughout the 10 seasons. Flash fell off after like season. Three. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the show's the show's very good. Rosenbaum is extraordinary. Well, it all has um, to do. It all has to do with Tom Welling being an amazing yep. Mark Kent throughout and the whole entire. I was gonna series. say too. Like there's a lot of stuff. Especially when now that's in season three as opposed to season one. There's a lot of scenes in this season. I've noticed he looks a lot like Henry Cavill. Cavill. Yep. Like like they do like close ups on his face. He looks a lot like Cavill. And of course, you saw like the Christopher, you saw you saw the Christopher Reeves episode this this last week. 
Yes, uh, two of them. I've seen. You saw both. two of them. He's been in. Two, yeah. Um, you haven't seen. Um, have you seen when he? You haven't seen where he passed yet? Because there's an episode, a tribute episode after he passed that they did as well. I have not. Um, no. Yeah, because he, he passed in oh four, I think. So you're you're almost there. I think next season you'll see it. Um, and episode one hundred. That's another marker for you to keep keep a track of. I've already told you I'm going to watch yep. it, and we're going to talk about it probably next week if you continue the the time that you're doing. I think it's uh, season five, episode. 12 we talked um and then the finale it's one of the best finales it pays there's a lot of fan service to it um, a lot of returning characters without getting too much away because a lot of these characters in this show leave don't come back yep finale like most finales do the office did the same thing they all have some fan service and bring back some cameos from the past um other than that great show like you mentioned it's one of the one of the first shows that the reason why a lot of the teen shows that are out now, like even um, um, River Riverdale and a lot of those CW shows are based off of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Smallville. A little combination of both. Um, and the, the whole the whole CW universe of DC was kind of spun off from this. The original Arrow, Arrow hasn't shown up in this in Smallville yet, but he plays a huge part later on in the series. And the original thing was a spinoff of Arrow was supposed to be a spinoff of Smallville, and and then that actor who I can't remember who played him didn't end up coming back, and or that that didn't get um, picked up, so they ended up going with um, um, uh, Stephen Amell and doing that whole st- series and kind of spinning that off into its own little reboot of of everything DC, and then you know where that went with Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and all that. But um, Small Smallville was the start of everything. So we could have got Tom Wellington in Arrow, is what you're saying, but they didn't end up technically doing no. it as a spinoff. Uh, no, the the spinoff of Arrow, I think they did a pilot, and I think it, I think it failed, um, and they they didn't pick it up. But they they ended up going a whole other different direction. Without the, Tom Welling was done, he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, oh, okay. And uh, yeah, you'll see why at the end. But it was it's. I mean, he, he did it for eleven years. By the time the show ended, it was eleven seasons, I think. And he was just done. The whole entire cast was done. Michael Rosenbaum left. It was 11 uh, years, 10 seasons. Yep. Um, Michael Rosenbaum left. Um, what's her name who played Lana left. Yeah, and then they brought in, I think you're getting into the lowest season next. And she's in it yep. through the end. And it's, it's pretty much her and yep. Clark throughout till the end. Um, and the Daily yep. Planet plays a part. I don't remember if Perry White was did, a did, big part of that. Do you know there's a, uh, you probably listened to it, uh, the Smallville podcast? No, I don't. Um, oh, uh, the, uh, the creators it? were just on. Okay, I'm not. I just saw the creators were on, and they uh, confirmed that originally uh, Chloe was gonna be lo- was gonna be Lois. They were gonna leave okay. Lois out of the show, and Chloe was basically gonna be the lowest role um, for the show, which is yeah, why everything. They... Which is why there's so much sexual tension between them in the first season, and um, why she uses Lois's name when she goes and she says, "This is my cousin's name." Uses yeah. my pen name. Um, She's, she has no interest in journalism, and that was supposed to be like a little like uh, cute thing for the audiences and stuff like that. But they did end up bringing her in because it kept getting picked up for next season. Yeah, I liked Chloe on the show. I liked uh, Sam too. Um, what was his, his mm. name? Sam in the show. What was his name on the show? Was it Sam? Yeah, it's the same kid from uh, that bullies him in Man of Steel, right? Yeah. Or is that uh, the actor's name? I can't remember his name on the show, but he was great, and he didn't—he wasn't in there for too long. I think a couple of seasons. Um, cause yeah, really... he, uh, he's going to Wichita now with his mom. Okay, yeah, because a lot of it—the the, the show pivots quite a bit. Um, it changes. Yeah, Pete, I think it's Pete Ross. Pete, Pete yep. He's Pete the, Ross. The, That's the show. The show pivots so much. Like at one point they go to Metropolis. At one point, the Smallville's still there, and there's just a lot of changes that happen. A lot of characters yep. are brought in, like we've talked about before, mythos of Superman characters. Um, I know, yep. um, you know the guy who plays, um, he does the Darth Maul voice now, Sam Whitaker. He does Darth Maul, he yep. did um, Star Wars Unleashed. He plays, I'm not going to get into who he plays, but yeah, there's a whole season arc with him as well. Um, but he plays a pretty huge Superman character. Um, so yeah, Smallville, great show. I would say... Out of all the Superman shows, just because of the longevity, it's probably the best as far as bringing in characters. Yep. Um, I've, I've mentioned yep. Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark is my, I'm in, I'm my favorite. It. 
I'm enjoying it more than Superman and Lois. Um, yeah. Although I do love that show, it looks better because of the day and age it's made. Um, and you never saw Krypton, did you? No. It was very good. Um, yeah, that's I, I was heard. pissed when it was canceled. It was very good uh, for the Superman lore. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of lore to that, but there's there's so much like comic book stuff in this that they sprinkled in throughout with a little bit of teen because yep. it's all it's a teen show. That's basically what it is, a teen show. Stay that way for eleven years, even though he was forty, I think, when the show ended. But it's a good, <laughs> it's a good, decent show. Um, if you haven't watched Smallville, yep. go watch it. It's, where are you watching it? Um, is it on uh, Hulu. It's uh, on Hulu. Max. Okay. No, it's on, if it's on Max. It's on Hulu. Okay. That's where I watch it's, it. It's a WB show, so it could um, be on Max. I'm not sure. And they just introduced uh, Adriana Palecki, who is from the John Wick yep. films. Yeah. But she, um, I know her from Friday Night Lights. And this is a few years before Friday Night Lights, so she looks super young. Because um, she was probably like 18, 19 when she did this show. And she was like 24, 25, being a high schooler when she did Friday Night Lights in 2007. So I just thought that was kind of funny. She did a pilot for Wonder Woman because of this show. Yep. Her, her cameo. Yep. Um, like I mentioned, no Batman because the Nolan verse was going on at the same exact time. They wouldn't allow. They wouldn't allow any Batman near because the season, the show ended when the Dark Knight trilogy ended. So, I think it was not too long after that Gotham started. The, the you know the, the early uh, years yep. of Batman and uh, Bruce Wayne. Yep. But yeah, Batman, no part of it. Um, Aquaman, The Flash wasn't in it. Um, Arrow, a little bit. They had their own version of. I think Cyborg was in it. Um, they had their own version of the Justice League, kind of. Um, at the very end, Clark becomes a weird superhero, which I'm not going to get into right now because you'll get into it yourself. But they 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 go along the tightrope of him not being Superman and putting on the tights and wearing a cape. We'll just say that for now. He becomes a trench coat Superman. I will say that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, great show. Go back and watch it. Lois and Clark, uh, my favorite out of the two. But that's just because of nostalgia nostalgia purposes for me. But. Um, but the big movie, I, I didn't watch Dumb Money. I wanted to watch it, got busy. But the big movie, which I took my time out to make sure, because I, I, we've been talking about it for months, you watched it a long yep. time ago, was Oppenheimer. Long movie, three hours long. Um, as far as Nolan, not my favorite from him, but it's, it's, he, did, he does a great job. I mentioned it to you in the text earlier of Suspense. And this movie was suspenseful with the music, suspenseful with what was going on on the screen because it's all about the nuclear program in the 1940s and coming up with how they're going to make the, the nuclear bomb to end World War II and Oppenheimer being the brains behind the operation that started it all in New Mexico um, during the Manhattan Project. It's all about the history of that. All about Robert Downey Jr. Spoiler alert for the next five seconds. He's the villain of this movie. Um, he tries to fuck with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, he does a great job. Um, glad, glad to see him getting out of the Iron Man shadow. Um, he was, he's been, he was in it for so long and he's just acting crazy. He's an actor. You figure, but, um, Christopher Nolan, fantastic director. First biopic from him. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, he wrote it like he does all of his movies, directed it, of course, produced it. Um, Visually stunning. Uh, the scene with the nuclear blast I thought looked amazing, incredible. It was yep. practical. Um, I think the nuclear blast had to have been further than what they showed on there, because if it was that close, I think the I think the uh, the blast the blast radius would have been would have been hitting them instead of uh, the sound barrier hitting them like they showed in the movie. Uh, I think they would have been a little bit further away. Um, but I'm not sure because those bombs weren't as strong as they are now. Like they're, they're they're the whole entire movie is just like a threat to America, the world. Like this is what's gonna happen. This is a this is a threat, and we worry about it now. The Cold War, the whole entire Cold War from the 1940s to the 1980s when the Berlin Wall fell. It was a fear of nuclear warheads going from Russia to America and back and forth until the whole entire world was completely engulfed in a nuclear winter. And that was a fear, and that and all started from this. And Oppenheimer had that regret throughout the, his whole entire end of his life because of that, and he kind of was against it. Um, and then, and then the Red Scare happened with um, 
the government going against um, communists, and he was he was a always he was always with science, but he was always connected to people who were communists at the time. So they they put him on a list yeah. immediately. Um, that's what the basically the whole movie is about um, for the most part. Flashbacks back and forth, which I were, was kind of getting annoyed with a little bit. The flashbacks because they were it wasn't like going back and forth. It was like different scenes from different time periods put back in in different orders which was kind of weird some of them black and white some of them color nolan being very uh, cinematic in that way um for the most part like i said not my favorite nolan movie um but a great the, uh, the use of black and white i believe is because that's uh the perspective of robert downey jr's character yes why he did the black and white yeah. um yeah i love this movie I, it doesn't even feel like three hours to me feels like an hour and 45 both times i've watched it so far um i just like it from top to bottom it's still my favorite on the year great um, cast what would Amazing you cast. first great cast i'm only have like three minutes of screen time even though they're in it a bunch like yeah. it's crazy about the cast breakdown and the, how much screen time each person had and it's insane how little some of them have but yet they're in the entire movie yeah um but yeah um i think uh the the, the stars of this of course um, the star of the whole entire thing, Oppenheimer himself. I think he was fantastic. Um, he's I so love, good. He's awesome. I love him in um, Piggy Blinders too. Um, yeah. Why is the name? Why is the He'd name? Be a good doom. What the fuck's his name? Oh, yeah, he would be amazing. Cillian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian yeah. Murphy. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Second part of this. He's 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 the star. You see his turn throughout the movie. He's um, so good. Josh Hartnett. Oh very, yeah, he's a very forgotten guy. Scene. Yeah, he's very amazing. Um, also, uh, the professor. Uh, fuck. Um, fuck. I Einstein. Can't think. Well, Einstein was in it. He, I don't know who that actor was, but that was great. Um, that was he was awesome as Einstein. The uh, short time you see him, like he just looks like Gary Oldman played Truman um, after the war. Yep. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool, quick cameo, quick scenes. He was only in it for two minutes himself. <laughs> You're um, completely overacting. Yeah. Um, overall, I would probably give the movie a 4 out of 5. It's not my favorite Nolan movie. Um, a lot of visually great stuff. Uh, 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 Florence Pugh. Uh, she was great. Um, what's her name? Uh, Jim from The Office's wife in real life. She was great. She was he was she was Oppen Oppenheimer's wife. Um, yep. Yeah, 4 out of 5 for me. Yeah, I go, I go four and a half. I, I really enjoy it. I can't wait to get the 4K and see how that looks. Yep. Yeah, I watched it on Voodoo. I, I got it digitally on 4K. It's not too bad on here. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I, I, I understand the hype just because there wasn't much outlet this past year that was worth that type of hype, really. No good big blockbuster movies. The Marvel movies kind of fizzled and the DC movies were the DC movies. So. Yep. So with that being said, let's get into the news. And uh, no trailers this week, but the uh, big news last week was the box office. Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes debuted at $44 million. Um, Trolls Band Together took $30.6 million in the Marvels. And Thanksgiving, which we saw, both tied at $10.2 uh, million for third and fourth um marvels was the biggest drop off uh for a second weekend ever with 79 percent um it, it's a big huge failure failure for marvel which we already knew going into it yep um the second largest uh, drop off for a comic book was 74 percent for Mo morbius last year so um which i still haven't seen for obvious reasons but uh yeah hopefully this uh this downtime that marvel is going to be taking next year will be worth it and um Although Sony's not taking the downtime, which we'll get into that later, but um, yep. they released the uh, first look at Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop Four, which is coming out on Netflix or Prime, I think. I can't remember where it's coming. Coming out on one of those. Prime. Prime. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they have a deal with him. That's right. Um, he has a Christmas movie coming out next week, I believe. Hello, Kitty. Um, so yeah, it's uh yeah, it's, it's him, Axel Foley, the whole entire cast from the original uh, movies coming back. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, Reginald, not Reginald, what the fuck's his name? I can't remember his name, but he's <laughs> Reginald Vell <back>. Johnson. <laughs> I almost, I almost did. I can't remember his name, but he's in, um, <laughs> he's in a whole bunch of shit. Um, 
the guy who played uh, the bad guy in uh, fuck Bill and Ted ex- excellent or uh, Bogus Journey, he passed away. Alex Winter posted on uh, on Facebook and Twitter and social media this week. I can't uh, I can't uh, Josh Auckland. Um, he was a bad guy. He wore that big, big huge. He was from the future. I remember he, he was chasing uh, Bill and Ted. He made the Bill and Ted robots in that movie. So rest in peace to him. Um, Dune Part Two. You mentioned it last week. Was bumped up by two weeks. Uh, coming out on March first now. Thank God. Yep. Because uh, I, I think can see uh, it with you. I would have been, been in Florida. Yep. The middle of March. Uh, they moved. Uh, they moved something in the middle of March. They had to move this. I can't remember what it was. What was it, Kevin? Do you remember? I do not. Yeah, something shifted and they moved it out of the way. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, coming out March first. Um, Creed Four will be directed by Michael B. Jordan. Um, still no word if Sly will be involved in this one or not. I know there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes with that. Um, he wants the rights to Rocky, and they won't give it to him. I think he wants the and wants it kind of as his, as his yep. legacy. Um, so we'll see about that. Creed three was okay. I, I like the first two better. I like the first one. The first one's amazing. It's, it's right up there with all the Rocky first movies for me. One of the best Rocky movies. I mean, yeah. first one's probably my third favorite Rocky movie. One, two, Creed, and then probably. I think you're right. Probably Rocky. Th- then mm-hmm. we'll go to Rocky four. Rocky Creed Balboa. Two. Rocky Balboa is a great then movie too. Sneaky good movie, Rocky Balboa. Yep. Sneaky good. Yep. Yeah. Um. Jason Bourne, going to be in the works at uh, Universal, coming back. Jason Bourne, there's a bunch of movies I still haven't seen of that series. Um, kind of lost, I think the third or fourth one, I kind of lost it. But uh, uh, Matt Damon coming only, back, hopefully. Yeah, I've only seen the original trilogy. I never saw the one with Hawkeye or um, yeah. or the he one came he came back, back for. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you probably know more about this than I do. George R.R. R. Martin, um, talking about oh the uh, book he's been writing... Guy. He said he's a real. Uh, guy. He's a real. Eleven hundred pages so far. Uh, same number he had in twenty twenty two. So it means he's only written eleven hundred pages since, or is that an additional yep. eleven hundred pages? This guy. <laughs> this guy. Um, well, in general, he's a slow writer. Um, he had the first three books written before the first book ever released, and he only averages like two hundred pages a year at one point. Like that was like his maximum. Okay. Um, yeah, he just wrote himself into a corner because. The books are so much bigger than the show was. Um, I hope that he just ends up killing off a lot of storylines in this book, and that's what he's having a hard time with, and can actually put it out, um, and maybe make it so that the book could definitive, or he could write, or he could actually write the last one, because he is like seventy four years old or some shit like that right now. Um, he's in his seventies, anyways. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's a mess. Uh, the books are absolutely fantastic, but he's been writing them for like 30 years. so Or yeah, no, prob- 40 years, because he started writing them in the 80s. Oh, wow. Uh, the problem with the series is that the TV show has been done for, what, almost five years now? So yep. the, um, w- yeah. the, uh, the story has already been told, because that, that was pretty much what he told the uh HBO, the show, the books were going to end with, right? That's That was his story that he told them. Yeah, but he can always pivot. He can yeah. always pivot. Plus, the way Bran gets there isn't going to be as bad as he gets there in the show. Okay. Um, if Bran ends up on the throne, uh, the way he writes is going to be it's gonna be much more fleshed out. Um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's going to do better with Jon's story mm-hmm. um, and all the other surrounding stories. Because um, this, I don't know, it's just... Oh, it's tough because I don't think his idea was like have the main thing be who ends up on the throne. I think the whole main thing of this book series is to just like political power plays, fucking over like that. Like I think whoever ends up on the throne just it's not as big as how they get there type deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I mean, you still got the the other Aegon floating around in the books. Uh, Jon Snow's dead. Danny is um, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, he has a lot, he has a lot to care about book. Um, so I just want him to fucking finish it. So I have something to listen to for 67 hours. Of- <laughs> um, Adam so- Sandler and Adam Sandler talked about the Hanukkah song. He's done four versions of that. Um, and on Saturday Night Live, the song was originally written for, um, Roseanne Bardis sing when she hosted the show in 1994, but he ended up doing it himself and, 
it became history. I mean, he he does it. He does it all of his live shows. It's it's become yep. notorious for Christmas songs. I love them, all four versions. Talking about Jewish people and the Jewish people in uh, in Hanukkah. I think it's great. Um, I love Saturday Night Live stories like that. Like where the origin of stories, uh, who the writers were at the time. I love I love the back backstage stuff on that. Um, in a surprising, weird turn of events for this Karate Kid, yeah. Karate Kid franchise, Jackie Chan and Ralph Macho, both part of two different Karate Kid universes, are going to be starring in a separate Karate Kid film series. Decades, uh, going to be decades uh, together, decades apart, coming together as one uh, for a brand new movie set in the uh, franchise. I don't know. Yep. I haven't seen the remake. Have you seen the remake with him and uh, and uh, one of the Smith kids? Will kid? Uh, no, I never saw that. So I don't know if he plays um, Mr. Miyagi or a whole new, brand new character. He doesn't. He's got he's got a different name. Uh, a different okay. name and everything. So they're bringing um, both universes together. Interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, I think, and it's interesting too, especially now that they have the TV show on Netflix. Um, so I assume just basically anything that's happened to Ralph Macchio's character, whether it be the movies and the Netflix show, is still would have happened. And I assume they'll just bring in a new kid. I don't know if they'll bring in a I doubt they'll bring in from Cobra Kai. Um, I don't think they'll bring in Cholo or anything like that. Or Shiloh, however you pronounce his name. Um, I think they'll bring in a new kid. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, weird. I haven't watched uh, Cobra Kai. I've watched it's just one something, I mean, kid movie. I know Cobra Kai's kind of uh, popular. But at the same time, like, nobody's really asking for this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, honestly, it, it should just be a straight-to-Netflix movie, and that'd be the perfect spot for it. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And kind of maybe make that the last episode of Cobra Kai. It very well could be that. I mean, a lot of big movies are going yeah. right to digital now, so right, right to streaming. Yep. So. Um, Family Guy. I just don't see it's... that making any money. At yeah. the box office. So. Yeah. Family Guy's been around uh, the, since it got re- brought back since 2005, I think. And it's been on Sunday mm-hmm. ever since. It's been on the Sunday night uh, time slot where it was that, Simpsons, uh, Bob's Burgers, a whole bunch of other shit's been on Sunday. The Animation Domination Hour, where the fuck are they calling it? Futurama, all that shit. Futurama, yeah. yep. Um, but in March, on March 6th of next year, they're moving to Wednesdays. Um, for the first time in almost two decades, they're moving away from the Sunday slot and a lot of people are calling that the nail in the coffin for Family Guy because when you're moving from something like that, it, I believe it's a there's a Joel McHale comedy coming out that they want this to help it do well, so they're moving it to Wednesdays to help it do well. Right, that's the uh, the lead-in. I mean, yep. when Seinfeld was starting, they put it after Cheers because of that reason. Yep. Sandwich in between like Cheers and something else uh, that was going on at the time. And so that would get people to just stick around for this half-hour show and watch whatever was on after it. Yeah, and a, a lot of times that happened in the 90s and 80s especially. Yep. And shows would Fox be... Fox has put, done this before, too. Well, Remember ABC, the winner? That show, The Winner? Yeah. They, they moved something and put The Winner in there in the last of one season and moved whatever they moved back to the Sunday yep. spot. So this might not be permanent. The Winner was a great show. We don't talk about that ever, but we should I, get into it. I that love soon. that show. I'm so, I did too. I'm so mad that uh, we never got to like how he became famous or yep. rich. Like it was just we never got to that aspect. Um, that show was awesome. Yep. Um, I mean, T- all the TGIF shows that happened with TGIF, where it was on that big, huge block on Friday, mm-hmm. and then it got moved to like a Wednesday or a Sunday or whatever. Yeah, and it just didn't fell it happen off. to Family Matters. Family Matters, uh, Full House, all Full those House. shows, all those yeah. shows eventually that happened with, but, um, but yeah, Family Guy moving to Wednesdays. Uh, Miracle Workers on TBS. Never saw an episode, but it had uh, had never Steve Buscemi. It. <laughs> uh, it had Steve Buscemi and uh, um, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself. It's on for four seasons, and it got canceled this week. Um, I know it was at one point. It was about God. And uh, Disciples, I think, coming down for God. I can't remember exactly what the whole entire show was about, but that's why it's called Miracle Workers. But, um, yeah, it got uh, canceled. Um, Paramount Plus slashes its selections of movies on its streaming service by 64%, um, but it's offering more TV series. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. The streaming stuff is changing all the time, but we're going to see more of that um, in years to come just because... Um, you can buy those movies and they get more money if you're buying them rather than having them free on a streaming service. I mean, that's basically yeah. what it is. 
Um, That's why Christopher Nolan went on that thing about buying movies this week as opposed to waiting for it to come to a streaming service. Yeah, and weird to see a Christopher Nolan movie was with a Universal. I think that was last week. Yeah, it, it's weird to see a uh, Christopher Nolan movie when it uni- with a Universal uh, thing on there too. Oh, it's yeah, yeah it's very weird. Yeah, we didn't He's talk about that. Been with Warner Brothers his entire career. Yeah. Um, let's get into the uh, one of the big stories of the week was Scream Seven. Um, Melissa Barreria, who she was in uh, a bunch of stuff. She was in uh, In the Heights, which I loved a couple of years ago. Um, yep. And she's, of course, been in Scream, the reboots of Scream since 5, 6 last year, or uh, this year, I can't remember when that came out. Um, but she said a lot of stuff on social media, which I always say, don't don't get political, don't complain about Hollywood, don't don't fuck up your career if you're, if you're giving the silver platter in Hollywood, um, keep your mouth shut. I know you want to be opinionated. I know you want to talk about stuff, but this is a lifestyle that you're it, probably you're going to regret. You're it, you're going to lose. And it always boils down to is actors are easily replaced. Because yep. <laughs> there's always somebody that wants that job. And that's exactly what happened in for Scream Seven. Uh, she was a huge character in the Scream franchise. She was she was basically the new starlet, the new Scream Sydney. star. Yeah, she was the new Sydney, and she got dropped. She's not in the movie. Um, and uh, because she was talking about the Israel-Hamas war, which we're not going to get into because we're not political, <laughs> but um, but yeah, she was talking about it, and I think she was she was on the the uh, Palestinian side in, in her tweets, um, and uh, yeah, she, they fired her from because it was just controversial, so they fired her. And in running fashion, not too long after Jenna Ortega announced that she dropped out of Scream Seven due to Wednesday shooting schedule, which I think is a bunch of baloney i think she was just looking for an excuse to leave and it was perfect i think um i think after the uh announcement of her co-star yeah it probably just lined up to where you could use that as an excuse if she yep. wanted to she probably could do both but yep. i'm sure wednesday's schedule also got moved um i gotta be honest I, and all that stuff i love her as so. wednesday i love her as wednesday better than i do in scream so i'm kind of glad um i, know I like you, her you, well I, she wasn't gonna be replaced well the thing is she wasn't gonna be replaced on wednesday um so she couldn't both because they weren't going to replace her on Wednesday. So but it now, doesn't really matter if you like her in one or the other. Because she could have done both. But she's choosing to just do Wednesday now. So now the big thing is Scream 7. Without the stars of the whole entire franchise. Because they're the only two survivors. Um, not too many original characters left from the original cast of Scream. But Sydney is still alive. Nev Cam- Campbell didn't come back for the last movie. Notoriously. So they're trying reportedly targeting her... And Patrick Dempsey, who's another character from what Scream Three? Yep, the worst of the screams. Don't coming back. Actually, maybe. I liked his I liked his character in Scream Threes. I remember I didn't like the that killer. Sucked. The killer in Scream Three. I remember no, the, didn't like. the killer was stupid. That's why. That's what yeah. everyone says. Yeah, the killer in Scream Three just it's stupid. It's force fed. It just doesn't make any sense. It's no good. So a franchise I did not expect to get this far, especially with. Most of the characters dead except for her and Gail, I think, are still alive from the original cast. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Scream 7. Maybe eventually coming to a theater near you. Um, yep. And then the other big news this week was Fantastic Four. We talked about last week at the end of the show, um, Pedro Pascal, uh, maybe officially Mr. Fantastic. Um, we're not sure of that. I don't think we're going to know maybe until Comic-Con. They may make an announcement. I hope they do it during the new year, right before the new year. It'd be great if they did some, something, but who knows. Um, John Hamm putting his hat in the race to be Dr. Doom. Um, he was talking in an interview, mm. talking about he'd like another stab at, uh, at a villain, and he wanted to play Dr. Doom. I think he'd be a great Doom. There's a lot of people who would be a great yeah. actors who'd be a great Doom. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to be Mr. Him Sinister. And Murphy, my two favorites. Yeah, he was supposed to be Mr. Sinister. And what's the movie? Yeah, uh, what movie? for the Amazing Spider-Man verse no, one, right? No, it was X. It was X-Men. Mister Sinister in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the X-Men that got canceled. Was it supposed to be the Last Stand? Oh okay. no, because uh, there was a there was a after credit scene for one of the X-Men movies where they showed him his name on there, uh, the Mister Sinister character, and uh, he was supposed oh, okay. to be Mister Sinister, but that that didn't go through because of all the Fox shit that happened, but. Um, the big the big uh, rumor for Fantastic Four this week, though, is Fantastic Four eyeing Anna Taylor-Joy to play a major role. Um, 
the role being a gender swapped Silver Surfer, which I told you last week. I don't think it'll be gender swapped. I think that's just the rumor going around. Because there's so many female heralds for Galactus. And this is supposed to be a villain of the movie. And Silver Surfer's not necessarily a villain. He doesn't have a villain arc. He's very... When he finds Earth, Silver Surfer finds Earth, he's very remorseful for the human species because he knows Galactus is going to come in, eat the world, kill all the people just to survive. Just, that's what Galactus does. He eats planets because that's what that's how he survives. It's just like we. We eat... We eat animals because we need to survive or when we eat plants or whatever we kill the whole entire it's kind of what he does too but he goes galaxy to galaxy um and his herald tries to find a planet that's worth him eating finds earth realizes oh this is worth him eating but he shouldn't eat it because there's so much life here so much uh, beauty but it's too late galactus finds it starts eating the planet and silver surfer ends up turning on galactus this is all comic book war um and sides with the fantastic four and so on and so forth. Uh, the the uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Surfer Fantastic Four movie kind of showed that a little bit without Galactus, a little Galactus shadow in the cloud. But um, Anatilla Joy, rumored to be playing a female version of that character. I hope not. I really hope it's Nova or uh, I think Starlight. I not Starlight. Uh, I can't remember this. There's another. There's another one too. There's another female. Um, a couple of female heralds that, that she could be playing. Um, but that would be more of a villainous role. And if she dies and there's a open herald, there's no herald for Galactus, maybe the Silver Surfer could be a new herald. Um, I don't know where this movie's going to go. I hope it's set in the 60s, a new setting. That'd be great. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm excited for a reboot through the MCU. But, um, yeah, hopefully they're taking their time with it, with, with uh, everything else going on in Marvel right now. So we'll see. Um, last week I mentioned that they're doing a documentary on the Star Wars Holiday Special, and I got more information about that. Um, it's called the Sturb A Disturbance in the Force. It's coming out online on iTunes and Vudu and all the all the places where you can buy it on digital on December fifth, which is in a couple weeks. So I'm going to watch that in a couple weeks, and we're also going to talk about we'll talk about it at the end, but um, we're going to watch the Holiday Special for the very first time, and we're going to review it that same week. Um, so in a couple weeks, you can expect that. Um, so December fifth. A whole documentary talking about how that, that holiday special was terrible, infamous, uh, right in the middle of all the Star Wars stuff going on. I think it was, was it 1980, 1979 this came out. Um, it was where they debuted Boba Fett. Um, it may have been after Empire, so I don't remember. But um, Was it? It was before, I think, 78. I think it was... Or no, it was right after he had his car accident. It probably was 79. Yeah. That's right, because Empire, he, he had the scars. Yeah, I had him in 79. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. I wanted to bring that up. Um, they also, Lucasfilm announced this week, which we've been talking about for quite a while, that they should be doing this, that Dave Filoni, uh, writer of uh, some of the great stuff we've seen on, uh, on Disney so far with Star Wars, uh, promotes uh, him to oversee the next generation of Star Wars as a creative uh, officer, uh, chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. Um Yes, he's going to be the showrunner, the director, the writer, all of that stuff. And now he's creative director, so he's going to be in charge of all that. Kind of bringing a fl uh, great fluidity to everything um, Star Wars, which is finally great to get Kathleen Kennedy maybe out of the picture a little bit. little bit. She's still there, but having somebody else in charge that actually knows the canon is, is, is good. is a good start. So, uh, And he did great with the, with the last few shows that he's, was he, he was in charge of, so... Um, the Flash. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, the Flash on social media changed all the Ezra Miller stuff, all the Flash movie stuff, erased it all from social media, and put in new profile pictures, new cover photos of the Flash comic book stuff. Um, got rid of all the uh, the uh, the Snyderverse stuff completely. Ezra Miller has been erased from the history books, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you can tell because it says the Flash has updated his cover photo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yep. yep, interesting as well. Um, so Warner Brothers Discovery, we talked about it last week with the uh, with the uh, Wile E. Coyote movie with John Cena. Um, during new contracts with with all this stuff going on at the, the DC Universe, um, they won't have any control. Warner Brothers won't have any decisions uh, being able to um, green light movies, make movies. And have tax write-offs. That will never happen again for the DC Universe. It's in contracts now. Um, 
So they're all safe from that cancellation shit that happened with Batgirl. And this Wile E. Coyote movie is now being shopped around. Um, it's such a weird thing. We talked about it. There's one senator trying to, or yeah. one congressman trying to uh, say, it's, say it's a weird business practice that needs to be, that needs yeah, to be I mean, uh, looked at. The only thing I can think about is that they bought the studio and that shit was already paid for. And so through a loophole, because they don't want to invest in the marketing, they can just write it off. That's the only thing I can think of. That's what I'm thinking, um, As to how they've been getting away with this. Um, other than that, it doesn't make any sense, because I don't remember a single time in the history of movies where this has happened, especially in, like, a two-year period to two different movies, so. Yeah. Um, and finally in news, a lot of casting news for Superman Legacy, James Gunn's Superman movie. Um, Nicholas Holtz reportedly playing, now he is confirmed to be playing, Lex Luthor. Um, we talked about Lex Luthor being hopefully not a uh, primary star of this movie, hopefully a secondary yeah, star. I want him to, especially like I'm watching Smallville and they're doing the slow build. I'd like to do it not as slow, obviously, but yeah. just to, like know the character, and then eventually, like by movie five or six, he might be Lex Luthor, you know now, um, yeah. or the villainous. Um, I think it would be great as, if he was just had some interactions with Clark. Um, this movie does look overstuffed, but if it fits the story, it could be done really well. Um, only two movies, maybe three comic book wise, I can think of where they just threw too much stuff in. And that was always the studio wanting to do it happened in X-Men three happened with, um, Spider-Man three. Um, so I'm just hoping that I'm just hoping that this is benefits the story that they're having so many people in it. Um, and I think Nicholas Holt's a great pick. He was my pick when we mentioned him in the two Scars Guards. Um, I think any three of them were great. Um, I hope one of those two guys ends up as uh, Brainiac. Um, mm, good. But we'll see. Um, the guy, the Stuart Crow, um, not the guy from True Blood, but the other Scars Guard, he'd be a great Brainiac, I think. Um, yeah, me too. He's a weird-looking dude. But uh, he's yeah, I'm, Nos- I'm happy with this. And so, what's that? Yeah, he's, he's playing Nosferatu. Did you know that? Yep. The other oh, yeah. That's going to be good. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yep. more news on that. Um, Michael Rookers has a rumored role in this movie. Um, <clears throat> at, at first, um, they thought he could be Lana, Lana Lang's father. That has been soon, uh, not, uh, Lois Lane's father. That soon has been uh, James Gunn yes. has debunked, debunked. that. Um, yep. He could be Pa Kent. That hasn't been debunked yet, which I think he would be great as that. Interesting character. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So we'll see Michael Rooker great in the Guardians movies. Um, other casting news this week: they cast Jimmy Olsen and Miss Tassmacher. Miss Tassmacher yes. was a character in the original Superman movie, uh, sidekick or a, a henchman to um, to. Yeah, she uh, was uh, Lex's love interest. Lex, She's Lex's Lex, love interest in yep. the comics and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, Skylar Gizondo, who was uh, yep. one of the young Shawns in Psych. Um, is going to be Jimmy Olsen and uh, Sarah Sempiato, whatever her name is, she's going to be Miss Tessmacher, Eve Tessmacher. So, yep. um, like you mentioned, the cast is stacked for this movie. Um, a lot of obscure yep. characters. There's a Green Lantern, there's a Hawk Girl, um, Lex Luthor now, Batman, Lois Lane. Um, a lot, a lot of cast to this. Still more to come. Yep. Um, this is the start of a new franchise, so they're going to be trying to throw everything into here. So we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, big rumor today was that Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, the main Green Lantern, um, rumored to be played by Patrick Schwarzenegger from Gen V. Um, yes, I saw that. Uh, that that's going to be. Uh, Max's Lanterns movie, but it could be also part of uh, Superman Legacy as well. Um, so I wanted to mention that before we end the show. Um, speaking of that, it's the end of the show. Let's talk about next month, December, end of the year, our blowout. Um, we're going to take off towards the end of the month, but we got a lot of Christmas stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, there's a few movies we might catch up on. I know Monarch and the TV show Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I want to watch that. Um, it's out on Apple TV currently. I think there are three episodes by the time we talk about it next week if we get into it. Um, I want to watch Dumb Money. I'm going to add that to the list probably, hopefully, next week. We'll see. Um, Napoleon just came out, Hunger Games. I want to see that. I may, watch, I may watch that in a couple months when it comes out on digital. Um, we talked about Christmas movies. Every year we watch a couple of Christmas movies. We've already mentioned the holiday special, the Star Wars holiday special. We're definitely going to do that. Um, the only new Christmas movie I think coming out this year is the one with Joel Kinnaman, who's playing a—he's silent throughout the whole entire movie. And his family or 
His uh, son gets murdered. I yes. can't remember. And if he goes on a murderous uh, revenge rampage um, called Silent Night. That comes out, I think, next Friday. Um, we're going to try to watch that. Last year we mentioned a remake um, called The the Mean One. It's a, it's a remake, uh, not a remake, a uh, reinterpretation of The Grinch. Dr. Seuss is The Grinch in a horror movie style. Um, we never watched it because it came out after Christmas, but we're going to watch it this year. It's a horror movie. seems like it'll be a nice grimace type of movie, which we'll probably be giving grimaces to. But you we'll, better not skip it like you did Blue Blood and Honey, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I did skip that one from what I hear. So, uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. The main one, we will be watching that. We're going to we're gonna do that for a Christmas movie, and we still have another one we had to pick in there. Also going to do an ode to the South Park Christmas special. It's my one thing every year that I have to watch. That and Elf, but the South Park Christmas special, if I'm busy, that's the only thing I make yep. sure I take my time out to watch. We're going to do, do a whole talk about that sometime this month. Um, December 2nd, the Thriller 40 documentary coming out on Paramount about the Thriller Michael Jackson album. Going to watch that. Um, December 5th, Disturbance of the Force documentary. I saw a trailer for a vampire movie starring Matt Reif and Jamie Kennedy. Um, about a stand-up comic who oh. uh, is a vampire. It looks weird. I want to watch that uh, coming out uh, to buy, I believe. Uh, December 15th, definitely going to go see this. I already have plans to. Wonka. Um, Maestro, coming out on Netflix on December 20th. Um, I'm kind of excited about that. It's Bradley Cooper is getting rave reviews. Um, him coming back to directing after *Star Is Born*, his return, uh, gonna be on Netflix. It's in theaters limited time right now. Um, in our Christmas episode, it's gonna be our last episode of the year on uh, December 25th, coming out actually. Um, December 22nd, *Iron Claw*. Very excited for this movie. We've been excited for it for the last six months at least since we well since we've heard about it really. Um, all yeah. about Von Erichs and, and Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White coming in to play these two characters. Um, I can't wait for it. Also coming out that week, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the last of the Snyderverse. Um, very Ray, exciting. Yes. Uh, could you rate your anticipation for Aquaman for me out of 10? Out of 10? Uh, we'll uh, go out of 5. We'll go out of 5. Out of 5? <laughs> it's just anticipation out of out of these three movies and Rebel Moon. We'll, we'll talk. We're, we've been talking about Rebel Moon for a while. Uh, part one, the Child of Fire, all comes out on December twenty second. It's definitely on the bottom of those three. Um, yes, but we're gonna watch it. But I, I, it's it's one of those things where it looks good, but you know the story's gonna suck. Um, a lot of behind be the scenes, a lot of behind the scenes stories coming out of this, seeing it's awful. Um, so I, I'm not really expecting much from it, um, but we're gonna watch it for the podcast mostly. I, uh, I'm like a two out of five. Yeah, maybe. Um, and one one point five of that two is only because Patrick Wilson's in it. I fucking love Patrick Wilson. Yeah, me too. Everything he does. Me too. Uh, the guy's fantastic. That's really the only reason why I'm looking forward to this movie at all. Um, Rebel Moon, I'm over the moon, pun intended, about. And uh, same with yeah, Iron Claw. I cannot yeah, believe Iron, Iron Claw. Claw. Well, we're going to try to watch all three of those that week. Um, and also, that I forgot to put it in the list, uh, What If starts that Wednesday as well. Uh, so we're going to try to watch all that shit before before we record that, that Christmas yep. episode. Um, also going to do a Christmas gift show and tell, which we usually do off the air, but uh, we're going to do it on the air, on the uh, podcast this year. Um, best of the year list, we're going to do that that week, and we're going to have a couple Christmas surprises we've talked about in the past. Uh, maybe getting some family members, our, our cousins, on here to talk. We'll see if we have time for that. But um, uh, that's it for the show, and we will talk to everyone next week for our the beginning of our Christmas Peace. season. Oh, Peace. And you've got that other chill quote first. Yeah, we're going to play the chill quote. This is a chill out outro, and this is him with his wrestling uh, his wrestling persona, promo. Promo, promo persona at the end of a UFC fight. <laughs> so we'll play that for the end of the show. We'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Peace. Referee Herb Dean has called a stop to this contest at 4 minutes, 47 seconds of the very first round. Declaring the winner by top out due to a guillotine choke, Chelsona! All right, I am 
here with the winner, Chael Sonnen. First of all, Chael, congratulations. And how does it feel to be back in the win column? Tonight's fight is dedicated to my grandma, Natalie, my friend, Elena, who are in a battle much bigger than Shogun and I did tonight. For everybody else that's ever had to go through cancer or anything like that, this is for you. Chael, you submitted him. One of the things we were talking about in this fight is your underrated submission game, but were you surprised at all when he took you down the beginning of the round? I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I'm the women's pick. I'm the men's regret. And if you win against Chael Sonnen, you made a bad bet now. Right here on the UFC's new home, Fox Sports 1. Vandalay Silva. Six feet tall and 205 pounds. Boy, until I met you, I didn't know they could stack crap that high. Whoa, 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 whoa. I will let you know when I'm done, Joe. I just got done with the world champion. If you think I want to add a middle-aged comedian just for the goddamn pleasure of it, you better think again. Vandalay Silva, three months, you and the bad guy. Chael Sutton, ladies and gentlemen.